you're listening to Mysteries Beyond. What mysteries lie beyond the reach of our senses? And who are you in this vast multiverse? Santificato il tuo nome. Venga il tuo regno. Your prayers are worthless here. Who are you? Your worst fear. I am your demise. Why are you possessing this boy? Because it feels so good to ruin such innocent flesh. But I prefer the challenge of an exorcist's soul. Hello and welcome to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender. A few weeks ago, a new horror film came out called The Pope's Exorcist, and it stars Russell Crowe. It tells the story of Father Gabriele Amorth, who happened to be an exorcist. And with another new film called The Exorcist about to be released this month, I figured I'd do an episode on the topic involving exorcisms. Now, I watched this new movie, The Pope's Exorcist, and I was instantly intrigued by the real-life Father Gabriele Amorth. So naturally, I did a little bit of research on him. So let's talk about him for a little bit. Father Gabriele Amorth was born May 1st, 1925. He was a Taurus. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Well, partly. He really was a Taurus. But he was without doubt the most famous exorcist of the modern era. And this is because, one, he was controversial, and two, he was considered the Pope's exorcist. He was top of the top, chief exorcist. He was the one the Vatican called upon to perform exorcisms on people who needed it. From a young age, he had heard the calling of wanting to become a priest. But when he was 18 years old, he got drafted into the war. I suppose you could say, right there and then, he got his first taste of evil in a large scale. He witnessed a lot of horrors during that time and lost a few people he knew during the war. And he wondered why he had made it out alive, unlike some of the soldiers he had gotten close to. And soon after the war, he went into law. But because he had always had an interest in religion, and the calling to become a priest was still there, after he got his law degree, he went on and enrolled in seminary school. And at the age of 29, he got his degree in theology and was ordained as a Catholic priest. His first few years as a priest were 
usual, typical and ordinary. And he was really into the divine, miracles, and the supernatural. And he dedicated to the study of the Virgin Mary. Some say he was completely obsessed with Mary and her apparitions. But see, this is where we start to see a little bit of the controversy. To Catholics, when the Virgin Mary appears, she usually does so because she has a message. And for the most part, it's a good omen. It's a good sign. At the same time, Catholics don't really believe in ghosts. And if they do see one, it's a bad sign. But when she does appear, one could argue it is in the form of a ghost. So this is why it does have to be approved by a bishop to be considered a Marianne apparition. And technically, from what I found, there's only 26 official sightings. Alright, but when and why did Father Gabriele Amorth become an exorcist? Well, I'll tell you guys all about it right after this brief commercial break. Alright, so when Father Amorth met Padre Pio, that's when his path began to forge towards the life of an exorcist. You see, Padre Pio was the one who introduced Father Amorth to the supernatural mysteries of Satan and the impact he had on humans. And for those of you who don't remember who Padre Pio was from one of my previous episodes, he was the one known to have all the symptoms of stigmata. Fast forward a little bit later, and he then met Father Amantini Candido. At the time, Father Candido was the Vatican's chief exorcist, and Father Amorth learned a great deal from him. Father Amorth became fascinated with the process of exorcisms and became his assistant, which meant he became second in command to the chief exorcist. It is said that they saw about 60 to 80 people per day. And when Father Candido passed away, Father Amorth was asked to step up and become the new chief exorcist. Between the years of 1962 and 1965, during the Vatican II, which was basically an international conference of Catholic bishops, it signaled a move away from exorcisms. And this was done in an attempt of the church wanting to become more modernized. And so between the 1960s up until the 1970s, exorcisms and the practice of this ritual reached a low point. But Father Amorth always advocated for the need of exorcisms. And so thanks to the horror film The Exorcist, which was released in 1973, the demand for exorcisms spiked. 
and in 1998, new exorcism guidelines were published. And it is well known that Father Amorth really enjoyed that film, The Exorcist. Although he did say that some of the effects of the symptoms were exaggerated, such as the head turning, but that, for the most part, everything else was somewhat accurate. During his time as an exorcist, he did confirm that he had witnessed levitation on two separate occasions. That, and he also said he saw an elderly woman spider crawl on the wall. So, now you can all go to sleep in your comfy bed and dark room and know that although those symptoms are not as common, they are indeed very real. What I really enjoyed learning about Father Amorth is that he had a sense of humor and he was not scared of demons and or Satan at all. And this was because his faith was so strong. In fact, he was known to mock and provoke the demons by starting a session thumbing his nose. Kind of like a little kid, you know, when you put your thumb under your nose and you wiggle the other four fingers. And part of me thinks it's great that he had this attitude and he had this sense of humor. Because when your life's work is consumed by so much darkness, you have to be able to find that little bit of light to keep sane and keep doing what it is that you're doing. Because ultimately, many, many people desperately depended on him to save their lives. And so just how many exorcisms did he perform during his time when he was still with us? Well, by his account, he claimed to have performed over 100,000 exorcisms. That is a huge number. So when I first heard that, I was like, all right, then define exorcisms. What does he mean by that, right? Because I'm over here thinking exorcisms like, like in the movie, The Exorcist. I'm conjuring up an image of like people speaking in different languages, spitting out nails, their bodies are contortioning people making weird animal and or guttural noises, yelling obscenities, getting aggressive, you know, the works, right? And so, if that's the case, should I be suspicious of my neighbor? My coworkers? <laughs> you know, if they're having a bad day and they're not themselves, should I be suspicious? Should that raise a red flag? But that's just me, you know? <laughs> I like to take a look at things on a deeper level. Some people call it critical thinking, others call it overthinking, but regardless, that's a lot of thinking. So, what is an exorcism? You know what, before we get into that, I do want to state that typically, exorcisms are almost immediately associated with Catholicism, but it shouldn't be, because there are other religions that practice exorcisms. But for this episode, obviously, we're focusing on the Catholic version. 
So what I learned was that the Catholic Church actually divides exorcisms between minor exorcisms and major exorcisms. All right. Well, minor exorcisms consist of sacraments and blessings, and those are used to treat the demonic influence. And of course, prayer and invocation are also used to treat the victim and or the inflicted. Also, an interesting fact that I just learned that I thought was like super cool was that baptismal rituals, so when someone's being baptized, whether that be an infant or an adult, that is considered a minor exorcism. So by that account, I guess you could say I've had an exorcism performed on me. <laughs> and I don't remember a thing. But that's not because I had an entity within me. It's only because I was an infant. So a virtual, or rather, an auditory high five, if you've had one as well. <laughs> Alright, a major exorcism is only carried out when there is a perceived case of a demonic occupation. In other words, a demonic possession. And the rituals consist of heavily reciting psalms, the gospel, and or specific exorcistic prayers. That was actually a little rough to say. I can't believe I got that out in one take. Anyway, holy water crucifixes, and the signing of the Holy Cross are also involved. The exorcist can also use hand gestures, so like the imposition of hands, and the breathing on the person's face, which is called, bear with me now, exsufflation. In case you guys want to look that up, I will spell it out for you. That's E-X-S-U-F-F-L-A-T-I-O-N. So, with that being said, when Father Amorth said he had performed over 100,000 exorcisms, that also included minor ones, which was basically prayer. And that also includes repeated sessions on one victim. That makes a lot more sense now. To me, anyway. And by the way, the church also does require a medical and psychiatric evaluation before a major exorcism can be performed. So, going back to the film The Exorcist, the director of the film, William Friedkin, believe it or not, had never actually seen an exorcism being performed at the time he directed the movie. And in 2016, about 43 years later after his film had been released, he had the opportunity to meet Father Amorth and actually witness a real-life major exorcism being performed. Not only that, but he also granted Friedkin permission to attend and record the exorcism. The video is actually up on YouTube if you guys want to go watch it, but that's up to you. As for this episode, I'm going to be reading from the Vanity Fair magazine article. So, a little context before we get started. The woman who they met up with, 
who needed the exorcism performed on her had already gone through eight sessions. So this one was her ninth, basically. In the magazine, they call her Rosa, but obviously that's not her name. That's just to protect her identity. But I also just wanted to point out that a person can undergo many sessions of an exorcism being performed on them before they can be delivered from evil, per se. And she believed that each time she underwent a session, it helped her heal. Alright, so I'm going to start reading from this article. And because this video was meant to be a sort of documentary, it's more or less narrated by the director, Friedkin. Also, some of the incantations, some of the prayers, are in Latin, so I'll immediately follow it up with the English translation. I sat two feet away from Rosa as her torment became visible. Her family stood against the wall to my right. Father Amaroth invited everyone to join him in saying the Lord's Prayer and Hail Mary. Then he invoked St. Joseph, Padre Pio, Father Amantini, and the Blessed Virgin, asking for their protection. Rosa's head began to nod involuntarily. Her eyes rolled back and she fell into a deep trance. Father Amorth spoke in a Latin loud, clear voice, using the Roman ritual of Paul V from 1614. He asked the Lord to set her free from demonic infestation. Exorciso Deo Immundissimus Spiritus. I exercise, O oh God, this unclean spirit. Rosa's body began to throb and she cried out before falling back into a trance. Father Amorth placed his right hand over her heart. Invertibi libera. Set yourself free. She lost consciousness. Dimi satana inimici fidem. Be afraid of Satan and the enemies of faith. Without warning, Rosa's body began to thrash violently. The five male helpers had all they could do to hold her down. A foam formed at her lips. Recede in nomini patris. Leave in the name of the Father. Rosa's features slowly altered into a mask of despair as her body continued to writhe. She was trying to rise and clearly to attack. Sanctissimo Domine Migra. Let him go, O God Almighty. Rosa did not speak or understand Latin, but she thrust forward and screamed in Father Amort's face. My. Never. A low buzzing sound began, like a swarm of bees, as others in the room prayed quietly. Spiritu del Signore, Spiritu, Spiritu Sancto, Sanctissima Trinita. God's Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Trinity. Look after Rosa, O Lord. Destroy this evil force so that Rosa might be well and do good for others. Keep evil away from her. Father Amorth called out the satanic cults, the superstition, and the black magic that had possessed her. 
She reacted growling and screamed, My... Never. The scream filled the room. Another voice from deep within her shouted in his face, Don't touch her. Don't ever touch her. Her eyes were still closed. Father Amorth yelled, Chede, Chede, surrender. She reacted violently. Io sono Satana. I am Satan. The buzzing sound continued. Rosa grew more defiant and agitated. The room was cold, but everyone was sweating. Except Rosa. Recede ergo nunc. Leave her now. My. Never. Answer me. No. Satana, Satana. How many demons are you? Eighty legions. In nomine Deo quando tu exis? In the name of God, when are you leaving? My. And then? She is mine. She belongs to me. She belongs to Jesus Christ. We are an army. Recuye, creature Dei. Rest, creature of God. Father Amor said quietly. Rosa slowly awoke and sat up. She was disheveled and had no memory of what had happened. I hope that you guys enjoyed my demon voice. <laughs> I did my best just to give it that extra effect. But you know what? It's really late at the time of this recording. And if you guys have ever seen the movie The Mummy with Brendan Fraser, it reminded me of that scene where Evelyn was reading from the book out loud, and she said no harm could come from reading from a book, but she ended up waking the 3,000-year-old mummy. I almost feel like I'm going to have to cleanse this area after I'm done recording. Some behind-the-scenes info. <laughs> anyway, this poor woman. For those of you who didn't know, it is possible for someone to be possessed by many demons all at once. Because typically in movies, I think for the most part, when a person is possessed, they're usually possessed by one. I can't think of a movie where the possessee, if you will, is possessed by more than one. Maybe there is one out there and I just can't think of it. Well, if you guys do find one, let me know. I'd be interested in watching that one. But as for this movie, The Pope's Exorcist, funny enough, the demon that they decided to use and go with was Asmodeus, the demon of lust. And as for Rosa, the woman in real life, she was supposed to undergo another session, but suddenly decided to cancel all of her appointments with Father Amorth. And just a short time after that, unfortunately, Father Amorth passed away out of complications of pneumonia on September 16th of 2016. And unfortunately, Rosa was never delivered from evil by Father Gabriele Amorth. Before I sign off, however, I do have a special treat for you guys. Well, 
for those of you who are brave enough anyway. In just a few seconds, I'm going to include the actual audio of Rosa's exorcism. Now, I've, I've watched it, I listened to it, and I've watched the video, and to be honest, her voice almost seemed altered and tampered with. I can't say for sure whether it was or wasn't. I'm sure the answer's out there somewhere, so if one of you guys decides to look further into it and find out, please let me know. (laughs) I'd really appreciate it, because I'm very curious myself. Alright, well I'll just play it now and I'll let you guys listen to it. And for those of you who don't want to listen to it, then now might be a good time to stop the audio. I don't want to see you guys go, but at the same time, I completely understand. Alright, here goes. And with that lovely ending, I conclude this episode. But what do you guys think? Does her voice seem altered? Let me know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. And if you guys have any questions, or if there's any feedback, or if there's simply anything that you just feel like sharing with me, you can reach me at lauralavender.mb at gmail.com, and or you can friend me on Instagram at lauralavender.mb. Also, don't forget to check out the website at www.mysteriesbeyond.com. And thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast by listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode.